From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. We know our crafts well. We know how we can serve businesses or customers, consumers, and we just want to be able to do our job and work with people that we can add value to. However, finding those those people and those businesses is not easy. So that was the biggest change for me was to learn that that side of business, the sales and marketing side. Today on episode 46 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Sharon Cully. After many years working for major corporations, Sharon's role was made unexpectedly redundant a few years ago. Following a few pivots, Sharon eventually became an entrepreneur, founding her company, Simply Processes. You'll find her story quite illuminating. Sharon shares a number of the key strategies she used to turn her termination into an opportunity. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, let's welcome Sharon Cully. Sharon is the founder of Simply Processes, where she helps entrepreneurs find the time to grow their business, make more money, and create more freedom. With over 15 years' experience working with leading global brands, Sharon has helped companies around the world increase performance, minimize costs, and meet customers' needs. She now helps entrepreneurs scale up by gaining control of their business processes. Sharon was made unexpectedly redundant from a corporate role in 2013, starting a long journey of discovery, which eventually led her to setting up her consulting business. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. I'm excited to be here. Sharon, let's talk a little bit about your transition from employment to entrepreneurship. How long had you been an employee before that transition took place? Mm, So a long time. I started my career in New Zealand in the 90s uh, working for Coca-Cola. And um, I decided to to leave the country and head for the UK to broaden my horizons and uh, worked for Gillette and Diageo in those times, um, in that time there. So I had a number of years working in the corporate world as a permanent employee, and I, I held a number of, of line manager roles. I worked on a few big projects. I was um, mainly, my background is mainly in supply chain in sales forecasting and customer service. So a very much focus on uh, trying to make sure that customers get the uh, get what they order, essentially. And, um, and so I, I had a, a really kind of strong career, strong career path, lots of opportunities that came my way. I really enjoyed the projects that I worked on and I learned a lot about managing people, getting them through change and also help people work more effectively together and I discovered how effective processes can be um, to get the results that you want as well. So, so I had a really great time uh, working in the corporate world for a long time. Many of us have learned today how important supply chain is for the support of the global economy. Mm, absolutely. It's something that is not really so well known or certainly hasn't been over the years. It's it's had more press, I suppose, more recently in that it becomes such a critical part of uh, running a business. And there are a lot more global supply chains uh, these days. So 
there's a bit more fragility involved if there are any kind of major shocks to those systems. And uh, so there's there's a lot more focus now on trying to have some flexibility in supply chains and, and alternate routes. So it's, it's an interesting journey and there's a lot more to come, I think, on supply chain as well. So, uh, so yes, I had a long uh, career in, in that and, and worked at Diageo for over 10 years in the UK. And as you mentioned in the bio, um, in 2013, uh, I had a, there was a restructure that uh, took place. And there had been restructures over the years at various times, but they hadn't really hit the supply chain team. And um, it's quite a long process. But after a few months, I discovered that my role was going to be made redundant. And it was a quite a strange situation for me to be in because I'd already been thinking about taking a career break before that had happened. I'd reached a, a point in my career where I was trying to work out really what I wanted to do and whether I wanted to, to have a bit of a change. And I'd enjoyed a number of elements in my job, but I just wanted to, to see what else was out there. And I, I didn't know what that looked like. So the timing of the redundancy was was quite good in that respect, but it was still a bit of a shock to be told that I'd be let go. I guess I had this image in my head of choosing to leave and everyone would be begging for me to stay. I had that sort of in my head as a a little kind of fantasy, but um, but it really it's it's the case that nobody is irreplaceable, and and these things can happen to anyone at any time, and so in the end, it worked out that that redundancy package was was a bonus for me. It, it, the timing was good, and I had a bit of a package uh, that would sustain me for a while until I decided what I would do. Even though the timing fit with your own personal plans and provided some added financial incentive. The fact that someone else chose the timing sounds like it was a bit of a surprise to you, and maybe it didn't feel so great. Absolutely. It is, as you say, very much around the choice that we feel that we have. And if that is removed from us, then it doesn't feel quite so so great. And so even though... I did have the the benefit of a redundancy package. It took me quite a while to get my head around that, about that situation of basically being let go. I felt at the time it was like I was being told that I, you know, my contribution wasn't needed anymore, even though I worked out along the way that the role was made redundant, not me. And so, but it took me a while to get to that point. And I needed that downtime to, to work through that and also to, to follow my, my plans to take some time off to travel and to just work out what I wanted to do to, to play around a bit because I'd worked pretty constantly for uh, 15 years or so. So it was very much a, a different place to be in. And I wanted to explore that uh, as much as I could. Sharon, how much time do you think you spent trying to address how you felt in reaction to being let go before you felt like you were in a position to actually make some solid plans? I think I had a bit of a delayed reaction in many ways. I had the initial reaction and I also needed to, as a team leader, as a manager, to help my team through it. So I, I needed to, or I chose to set my own feelings aside and help them work through that uh, experience that I was going through as well. And for some other people, they weren't in as great a place as, as I was because I'd already been thinking about trying out 
um, something different, I was already a bit ahead of them. And so I really wanted to help them through that. But it took me a while, I guess, those few months until I actually left the business to to properly sort of let go um, of of uh, the job. And it actually took me a little while after that to sort of properly let go. But then I kind of, I guess I didn't have full closure on it when I left and went off, did some traveling, didn't really think about it so much. And it was probably only when I was starting to look for work again about six months later that um, those sort of feelings started to come back to me. But it had reduced quite significantly by then. So it wasn't a sort of there was a point in time where I left it all behind. It popped back a couple of times, but um, not not in as big as a way as it did initially. What did you do to address the emotions of the transition? I talked with with friends and family about it, and I talked with some of the people who I worked with who were going through it as well, and that all really helped. And I did a lot of research, I guess, into what I wanted to do next. I think I'm a, the sort of person who likes to think ahead. I'm a bit of a planner, and I knew that I had some things that I wanted to do. So that really provided a great distraction for me as well, and sort of working towards maximizing my strengths was uh, the key for me to to move on from that redundancy experience. As you went through this discovery process, where did you end up? So I I did a, a bit of traveling, did a, a, a traveled to a, a few different places. Some of them were a bit unusual and that really helped me to sort of remove myself entirely from from my usual world. And then at the same time, actually, while I was doing that traveling, I was traveling with somebody who was going through the same thing as me. And we went through some exercises to work out what we wanted to do. And what I found really helpful was to do a bit of a brainstorming session, uh, happened to be with this person I was traveling with, to work out what what are the things that I've always wanted to try out, what's taken my fancy? What what ideas do I have about the sorts of things that I want to do? Just got it all down on paper and then went through and identified the types of jobs that that, that related to and then talked to the people in my network, so my friends and my um, ex-colleagues, about any contacts that they had who I could talk to, who would be willing to talk to me about those types of jobs and what they like about them, what they don't like about them. And I, I ended up speaking to quite a few people, maybe 20 or 30 different people about these roles and worked out what sounded good, what didn't sound good. And that really helped me to um, filter through the, the sorts of things that um, I thought I would like to do going forward. Were you thinking that you wanted to get another job as an employee or were you thinking that you wanted to use this information to be able to start your own business? So at that point, I wasn't in the headspace of starting my own business at all. I'd not thought of myself as an entrepreneur uh, really in the past. It seemed to me like that was for people who are very much risk takers and idea generators and that wasn't really how I saw myself at all. And so at that point, it was more about what sort of similar job might I do or would I take a completely different path, but it was still working for somebody rather than working for myself at that point. And it took me a while to work out uh, what I wanted to do. I ended up um, taking a contract role, again, in supply chain, 
but it was very much focused on the area that I really enjoyed doing. And it happened to be in the area around forecasting processes and helping businesses really maximize their forecasting so that they were getting uh, great results and, and the right inventory levels, which is quite a big deal for a lot of businesses. And so I got a, a job in Belgium, actually, uh, which was completely out of the blue, a four-month contract, which turned into almost two years in the end. Um, and it was just one of those opportunities that came up. It sort of felt right, felt like the thing to do. It was only four months. So I thought, well, what have I got to lose? If it's not a lot of fun, then I'm not going to be there for long. But um, turned out to be really great. And that was my first experience with a less permanent role. So still doing something similar to what I've been doing previously, but very much more flexible and not tied to a permanent contract. And that was such a feeling of freedom, I have to say. It, I thought I'd feel more worried about the fact that it's what am I going to do at the end of the contract? But um, it was actually really great for me to discover that actually I can do this. This gives me lots of flexibility and um, there will be more work for me after after that contract finishes. And then what happened after the contract ended? So I did contracting for about two or three more years. And then I had a, a quite a big change in my life. I met my partner at a wedding in Cape Town. And that was quite a, a big change for me in that he was living in Cape Town, I was living in the UK, and I was looking for more flexibility again in, in my work. And I wanted to, to find a, a job that I could travel with. And I initially didn't really think about how that could be possible, but the coach I was working with at that time, and I'd worked with her for a few years, she was the one that suggested, had I considered doing setting up a business as a consultant and she already knew you know some of my um some of my strengths and had suggested at the time that I consider working with businesses on putting processes in place so helping business owners to stop firefighting grow their business but by making their business run like clockwork first and so that was a really big kind of idea for me to get my head around it wasn't something that I initially thought would be possible, but I really loved the idea of it. It captured my my imagination. And after that, I was really kind of hooked on the idea of, of making that work. Is that what you're doing now? Yes, that's right. So I've had that business for about 18 months or so, and it has really been the biggest challenge that I have, have faced um, in my career because it's such a, a different world, but it's been one of those experiences that I've grown so much from as well. And I guess the, if I'd really properly understood the challenges that I'd face ahead of time, I probably wouldn't have jumped into it. It's would better for me to, to not know um, what the, the challenges would be, but I have learned a lot. And the biggest thing for me is, is moving from Knowing on a daily basis, going into a, a corporate role, there's always 
a lot of work to be done. It's quite clear what I need to do and how I can move things forward. Whereas having a business, it's not always clear every day what's going to have the biggest impact on your business, especially in the area of sales and marketing. So I think for me, like many other people, we know our crafts well. We know how we can serve businesses or customers, consumers. And we just want to be able to do our job and work with people that we can add value to. However, finding those those people and those businesses um, is is not easy. So that was the biggest change for me was to learn that that side of business, the sales and marketing side. What has worked really well? What have you found has been super helpful? So the biggest benefit for me is is networking. So it's that building a relationship on a personal level. And so referrals through your own network is is almost always going to be a fantastic way to, to find clients. Also coming across as authentic and being passionate about what you do, rather than for me, I'm not really a natural salesperson. And I was concerned about needing to be a different person when I go to to sell to somebody. But I've learned that that's not necessary. And in fact, people appreciate it more if you can just tell them how you deliver value and give them some time to, to work through that. And if they're not ready to buy, they're not ready to buy and that's fine and just stay in touch later. So there's been a couple of um, approaches that have, have worked, but I'm always working on different ways to connect with people. And online is is definitely the area that I want to um, to do more on. Where are you geographically located now? I'm living in South Africa at the moment in Cape Town with my partner and working from from here. But I do make it over to the UK, which is where my main client base is every so often. And my family is in New Zealand, so I I, um, spend a couple of months there around Christmas time as well. So I do move around a bit. Uh, but I can work with with businesses in any part of the world. That's the the beauty of a, an online business. So now that you've been doing this for 18 months, who's your ideal target market? My ideal target market, they are generally people who have been in business for a little while, for maybe a couple of years or more, and have a business that is, they've had some success, but they um, are looking to grow and they've, they've, hit a bit of a bit of a wall. So they have probably around 10, 10 employees or more. Generally, if you have fewer employees, then you don't tend to need as much help with, with processes. Um, things It's when things start to fall through the cracks that uh, they tend to need help. But it's those businesses that have uh, been running for a little while and are feeling stuck. And they really want to be able to scale up to that next level and just can't get there. And that's where putting processes in place can really make such a difference uh, because one of the biggest challenges for a business owner is really getting stuck in that everyday operational detail and not working out, being able to work out an easy way to step away from that. So the key is to try and automate and delegate as many of those small tasks as possible so that they can work on growing their business and uh, ultimately making more money. For those kinds of companies, when they do get it right with their processes and their systems, what kind of outcomes do they typically get? So they will get a number of things. One of one of them is an increase in 
in income. So the businesses that I've worked with and colleagues have worked with uh, working using the similar method that, that we're using have seen um, an, an increase in their income by about $40,000 a year, so US dollars uh, a year. So that's that's pretty pretty decent. This is over the sort of six-month period or so that um, it can take to make a change. They also see um, a decrease in their stress levels. So we're looking at the stress that they're under and also the hours that they're working. So some entrepreneurs are working sort of 100 hours a week. And depending on how much work they put into their processes, if they really get everything mapped out in their business, and not everyone goes as far as this, but um, you can really drop those hours back and still have a fantastically uh, profitable business while you're not not um, there every day necessarily. So, so there's a varying degree of um, results, but uh, it all depends on what you're looking for in your business and how much you want to work in it. But certainly, if you put that time in and get those processes in place, those results can come your way. Sharon, is there a good example of a company that has gone through this and what kind of outcome they've achieved? Yeah, so I've had a business that I worked with that um, was a cosmetics company, and they were really in a, a difficult spot in terms of being quite quite um, chaotic in, in the way that they were working. And I came in and worked with them just for a few months to help them to get particularly their supply chain running more smoothly. And so that was more focused on one department in this case, and that they were seeing just some massive swings in their inventory levels and in their, um, their profit. And so after working with them for a few months, I was able to help them to get the processes under control so that people were a lot clearer on what they were supposed to be doing, what they weren't supposed to be doing. And the um, department head of that business um, saw at the end of that that certainly her hours were reduced significantly in terms of the amount of time she was spent spending on uh, on the business. And she she also was she confirmed that the the profit numbers had increased in that time. So that was over about a four or five month period that uh, that I worked with them. Sharon, congratulations on what you've achieved so far with your business. What's your dream? Where do you want to take your business? Mm, a very good question. I would love to reach as many uh, business owners as I can um, to help them out. And so really what I'm passionate about is is helping entrepreneurs to make their lives easier, grow their businesses, get the value that they want out to their um, their own customers, and also just to give them more freedom of choices. The entrepreneurs that I come across and I hear about, so many of them are feeling quite trapped in their business, that they are working these long, long hours and feeling like they can't uh, leave things running with their teams for long enough for them to step back and look at where their business is going, what they want for their own business, that vision that they'd like to achieve. And that's where I really want to help them uh, to, to be able to take that time out, make a um, make stand for their business and, and understand where they want to get it to, 
we can understand where they are now, where they want to get to, and make a plan by putting processes in place to to get them where they want to go. So that's what I love to see uh, happening when I work with with entrepreneurs. Sharon, for anyone who wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today or access any resources you have, where would they go? So you can get in touch with me via my website. If you want to find out more, that's simplyprocesses.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn as well, Sharon Cully, or email me, uh, Sharon at simplyprocesses.com. And I'm also offering uh, two free offers to your audience today. So for anyone who's interested in growing their business, I'm offering a free 45-minute session called Scale Up Your Business. We'll create a clear vision for your business growth and uncover hidden challenges. And I've also written a white paper called Leading Your Team Through a Big Change with Confidence. And you can find both of those offers uh, by going to simplyprocesses.com forward slash going solo. Sharon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest today has been the owner and founder of Simply Processes, Sharon Cully. Thank you again, Sharon, for joining us. Thanks, David. I've really enjoyed it. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how Sharon turned her employment termination into an entrepreneurial opportunity, and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.